As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Moda Kill as always. Don't forget that you can find the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show every weekday morning. We are recapping the best games from the night before, digging into them. And Mo, we had two incredible ones. We're going to start with Phoenix holding off Golden State. They win 104 to 96 at home. 17 straight wins for them. Just before we jump in, Jared, we got to talk. The night lived up to the hype. You know, this is something we've been hoping for for a while, right? Like everybody's kind of had this game pegged on the calendar. We're like, finally, these two teams are going to meet. And, yo, it lived up to the hype. It was a hell of a game. And the Phoenix Suns defense, Jared, was unbelievable all night long. I mean, Mikhail Bridges really was just all over Steph Curry the entire night. But it wasn't just that. It was smart plays where guys would rotate were in the right spots. You had DeAndre Ayton in one possession guarding Curry in space. Like when he switches on to him, Curry tries to get the ball to Draymond Green and Bridges is there to poke it away and force another turnover. They were just outstanding defensively for the Phoenix Suns tonight. It was an unbelievable performance just on that end alone. I was really impressed with how they played. I mean, you know, this Warriors team, they're going to get a little congested and then they're going to kind of fly out of that congestion. And it's hard to make that work when you have a Phoenix team that is as disciplined defensively and as long defensively as they are. You know, guys like Mikhail Bridges that are basically pterodactyls on the ground. Jay Crowder, obviously a smart jumping into those lanes. You know, they were just, it looked like Golden State just couldn't move the ball the way they have been against so many other teams this year. It was really impressive. And and this is part of the model. Another guy we, we should mention too is Cam Johnson, another long you know, lanky defender that can really just kind of make it difficult. And look, the Warriors were forced into 23 turnovers for 19 points for the Suns. That's massive. You know, when you're giving away that many possessions, you're really just going to have a hard time winning games. And that's a big part of this loss for the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors' two leading scorers were Jordan Poole, which isn't, I guess, a shocker, and then Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> if we're going to get a national TV Warriors game, I don't think we ever saw that coming. But I guess what else did Phoenix do that kind of impressed you in this one? I thought offensively, I thought DeAndre Ayton was a beast, especially early on. They made a point to really go like, cool, 
you're going to switch. We're going to make sure you we punish you with his size. And if it wasn't even him getting the ball in the post up, it was him on the offensive rebound when he would have a smaller guy on him. I thought he was huge. I mean, it, just starting on that end alone, would they were just saying, hey, we're going to really empower DeAndre Ayton, and that got the ball rolling for them offensively throughout the entire night. Ayton, I mean, he's been back for a little while now. Obviously, looks like he's rounding into form. He had 24 points on 11 for 19 shooting, six offensive rebounds. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. And then, you know, at the end of the game, when the, Steph was trying to get switches onto him and they were trying to find a way to kind of get Mikhail Bridges off of him, Bridges and Ayton just kept working defensively to make sure that they kind of stayed in position. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? DeAndre Ayton looked like a max player tonight. When you just look at it, how he played on both ends of the court, he was a max player. Finished with 24 points, 11 rebounds. It's impressive. Two block shots. He was great all night long. I was really impressed with with his effort and, you know, just his his gameplay. Like, that was awesome. That possession, I'm not going to keep talking about it, really, Tom Blue in the face. I was shocked he was able to stay with Steph when he got switched onto him. I was like, Steph's about to get a three off, and then he's going to get rolling. And, you know, he just did a good job shutting down that, those driving lanes and counteracting the, the step back. Yeah, I mean, I remember Steph, he had that kind of like, I think he was going to his left step back out on the, you know, about 30 feet out. And you're thinking like, Aiton's not going to be able to get all the way out there and block the shot. And yet he still somehow blocked the shot. Next play, I think Mikhail Bridges blocked Steph at the rim. I mean, they were just swarming him everywhere. But of course, Chris Paul, he was phenomenal. He only had 15 points. He did have 11 assists, which is great. Five steals, which is great. But, you know, most people would see seven for 13 from the field, not think that he had a huge impact on the game. But you watch the end of that game, and he's just getting into the middle of the floor and setting everybody up. Just think about it this way. Six points and three assists and one turnover in the fourth quarter. Like, he was instrumental in the fourth quarter, holding off the Warriors, kind of keeping them from getting into a run and finding a flow, saying that they're going to be able to get any sort of rhythm going. Every time it looked like the Warriors were going to make a run, Chris Paul would hit a dagger mid-range jumper. Didn't matter if it was Bellalitza on him, he would shake him. It was, you know, Wiggins, no big, like he was just blowing by guys, getting to his mid-range spots and making those shots every time. And if it wasn't that, then he was diamond out Jay Crowder, hitting two big threes. It's what Chris Paul does, Jared. Fourth quarter, this is why they're one of the best teams in clutch situations. They showed it tonight. I mean, it's even without Devin Booker out there who left in the second quarter, you would have thought, okay, this might be the time for the Warriors to go on a run. It didn't phase them one bit. They just kept rolling. Very impressive performance from the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so Booker's got hamstring soreness. Wouldn't be surprised if he has to sit out a few games here. You do love that kind of res- that second win they get when a star goes out and they're able to hold off the other best team in the NBA, I guess. So, do, I mean, is Phoenix showing you enough well-rounded offense that they can keep winning these games if Booker's out? Some of it's going to depend on scheduling and things like that. They have another tough one against, lo and behold, these same Golden State Warriors in, <laughs> in Golden State. You know, so it's going to be tough there in that sense. And sort of changes things for teams when the opponent loses a guy it kind of can mess up a team sort of mentality and I think that may have happened a little bit with the Warriors but man Phoenix is good I'll say this you know like I think them getting to the finals last year is really kind of what's helped them with this swagger this year and I think that's the big difference from this year's team to last year's team it's their swagger looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's head out to Brooklyn, although it looked like New Jersey tonight. The Nets beat the Knicks 112-110. This game was even more thrilling than the Suns-Warriors game. This lead was going back and forth throughout the fourth quarter, and uh, KD pulled it out in the end. Jared, there were 10 lead changes just in the fourth quarter alone. Do you know how absurd that is? <laughs> Ten lead changes in just the fourth. There were seven in the first three quarters. And that's three quarters combined. Ten in this one quarter. Unbelievable. Another great game. This was a great night of basketball, folks. I really feel like just, you know, I don't know if we're going to get any uh, media rights violations or not. But we should just be pulling out the gladiator line. Are you not entertained? Because this was a great night of basketball. Give the Knicks credit because it looked like they were about to get run out of the gym. The Nets go out, start the third quarter on a 14-0 run, and then the Knicks kind of claw their way back in. They had some good ball movement overall. I thought this was Julius Randle's best game as a passer. I thought he was he was awesome on that end, but in the end, it was just too much from the Nets, and Kevin Durant just going like, nah, I think I'm just going to take over now with 11 fourth quarter points. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just great all the way to the end. I mean, him getting to the line going past Julius Randle, getting fouled by Randle. At the end, that was what gave them a chance to kind of seize control, which was funny because that Fournier hit an amazing three with 17 seconds left to erase that. I, you know, I'm actually curious, what did you think of those foul calls at the end? There was the one on Randle and the one on Robinson. Well, I think the one on Robinson's clearly a foul. I don't think there's any argument on that. And, you know, I'm sorry, Knicks fans, I know you're upset. You got to just be straight up if you're Mitchell Robinson. And it's James Johnson. It's not like it's KD, right? Like, the Knicks defense did a good job. They got the ball out of KD's hands. And it looked a little bit, Jared, like KD was surprised that they're like, oh, they're sending the double team. And they get it to James Johnson. He attacks. It's definitely a foul there. The one on Randall, that's really close. They call a foul or was it a technical? I thought it was a shooting foul. I, I, do, I agree with you on the Johnson one. Like, it looks like he hit him on the wrist. He definitely should have just stayed straight up. He's a big guy. But, the, you know, the Randall one I thought was a personal foul, and it was just like some of the body contact on what looked like it could have been a good block on KD. But I'm sure Knicks fans would be screaming about it in the streets on side talk anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But the Knicks showed in this game that when Randall is not throwing up junk, taking turnaround contested you know, 20 footers in the fourth quarter, like they, they do have the offensive capability to win these big games. Look, I know it's tough because it was a loss, but Randall with eight assists and there was at least one hockey assist I saw in there that I thought was super impressive. It led to an Alex Burks three. I think, you know, there are some encouraging moments there for the Knicks. Granted, it's, it came in a loss. It sucks. It was a super tight game, right? One or two bounces goes the other way. If they don't call that foul on Randall, maybe it's a different game with everything that goes along, but they should be a little bit encouraged, like a moral victory in this type of situation. You got great game from Alec Burke with 26 points filling in for Kemba Walker. I thought that was a, a big thing with him kind of, he's going to now step into that role in that rotation. I thought that was a, a big moment for them, you know, so their offense looked a lot better 
in this game than, than I felt like it has for a while. And that's that's a very promising thing going forward. Yeah, I mean, for him to have 25 points coming into that point guard role, kind of proving Tibbs look, you know, looking good on making such a drastic move. Although it, I guess it's not too drastic as Kemba was struggling this year. But let's go to the Nets. They win this game. And James Harden, the box score is finally starting to look a little cleaner for James Harden. He had 34 points on 11 for 20 shooting, got to the line 10 times. He had 10 boards and eight times. Five turnovers, which I guess is what you would expect out of James Harden, but it definitely seems like he's a little bit more in control of his game right now. He looked a lot more comfortable, especially in the first quarter. Like I felt like he scored the first 15 points of the the Nets to start the game. Like he was on a roll. Step back three, getting to the line, getting into the lane. Jared, he had a tip dunk. When was the last time James Harden had a tip dunk? He had a breakaway I think dunk. He's probably wearing an OKC jersey. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, and he was hyped up. Like it looked like this was a game where he finally started to feel comfortable. So if this is the start of the Nets kind of getting the James Harden they really need to get out of them, I think this is a promising thing going forward for them as well. God, I'm like all positive for both teams. It's weird. Oh, the daily ding. You want fair and balanced? We're just excited for everybody here. So that's going to do it for the show. Do not forget to subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash ding. Don't forget to find Mo and me on Twitter. I can't remember Mo's handle off the top of my head. Mo, what is it again? M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore N-B-A. I couldn't remember where the underscore was. I felt like you were one of those like underscores hanging off the end of the handle kind of people. But I'm Jared Weiss, MBA. Our producer is Brian Smith. We will see you next time on The Daily Ding. Mo, send us home. Ding, ding. Are you not entertained? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.